Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Hey, I've got a question for you. Have you ever met or interacted with somebody who, check it out, promised they would be somewhere at a certain time and didn't show up? Yeah, I think I think it's safe to say we have all we've all had the man, man, man. Listen, I'll, I promise I'll be there two o'clock. I'll be I'll be there right at two. And so at two thirty, you're like this, and at three, and at three thirty, and at four, and you're just like, man, they didn't wonder. I hope I hope they're okay. And I think we've all have known people like that. And my prayer is that you're not one of those people. <laughs> but here's here's the point, right? Um, these people. These promise, I pro, oh no, I promise. They sort of live, they, they sort of, well, they, they live to the beat of a different drum, wouldn't you agree? They, they sort of, they have their own thing and, and we've learned, guys, we've learned, we've shared grace on people, we've learned that people, um, we just, you just can't rely on them. You just kind of go, yeah, no, I don't know. Um, and so we take note and we just move on. We just move on. Now I'm not talking about somebody who's continually late. I'm talking about those who, <laughs> I'm talking about those who, well, here's the point, right? We could say it like this. We could illustrate it like this. They were, they were as unreliable as Puxawani, Phil, right? You know who that is, the groundhog guy, right? And I saw this story, and it's, it was Puxatawney Phil is the groundhog that comes out of the barrow at Gobbler's Knob, Pennsylvania, each February 2nd to predict the weather, According to legend, if Phil sees his shadow, there will be six weeks, six more weeks of cold weather. If he doesn't see his shadow, spring will come early. This is all humbug and good humor, of course. No one, to my knowledge, takes Phil's predictions seriously. Furthermore, it says he's unreliable, more often wrong than right, I'm told, unquote. That was the story, and I thought that's kind of, that's kind of what's going on. Now you go, Ben, why do you bring that up? Here's why. Listen. I share this story as a backdrop, guys, to what's happening in the church of Corinth, okay? So what I want you to do is I want you to put your mindset in the, in, in the church of Corinth, and you, and you go, why? Some of the people in Corinth, okay, some of the people in the church, they began accusing the Apostle Paul of being unreliable, okay? They began in their, in their circles and go, you know, Paul, he's just unreliable. He's, I just don't know what's going on with Paul. And they began to accuse him. Of, of being like, like Phil, I guess, you know, it's just like, and, and basically, here's the thing. I could not imagine any, anyone more reliable than Paul. And yet the accusations were coming that he was unreliable. And it all had to do, check it out, with the fact that Paul had a change in plans. That's all it had to do. And if you were to take a look at your life, you realize that there are times when when life changes, plans change, right? I love to tell people here, oh, hey, man, I'll see you, I'll see you next week. And I always say, if the Lord wills and the creek don't rise, right? That kind of thing. And that's just meaning like, like life happens and things change. And, and, and this is kind of what's going on. We've all had that happen. But the problem is here in Corinth, guys, as you, as you wrap your mind around this, is Paul's critics were accusing him of being unreliable because he promised to come and see them, but then plans changed. 
And you can see where the devil begins to start messing with you. You can see where the enemy comes in. But now all of a sudden, in Corinth, they're going, you know, Paul said he was going to come. Paul said he was going to, he didn't come. He's not a man of his word. He's unreliable. Are you kidding me? No, listen, what do you think about Paul? Paul said he was going to come. And we studied this, guys. We studied this uh, a few weeks ago in 1 Corinthians 16, 5, where Paul said, he says, I'm going to come to you when I pass through Macedonia for I'm passing through Macedonia. So Paul said, listen, man, I'm, I'm going to come. And his intentions, guys, was to pass through Macedonia and visit the church on his way back to stop for another visit. That was his plans. Those are good intentions. That didn't happen. You guys remember what happened. Paul caught wind that there was some stuff going on in the church, and what he does is he makes a, a very painful visit, a very quick and painful visit. He had to address some problems. Well, again, the, Pauls have, the, the, the plans had changed, and... Um, it changed to, now, here's what I want you to see. It changed to personal reasons. Everybody put that. It changed to personal reasons. Not that Paul was going, you know, uh, all those people at the church, I just don't want to say, I, I personally don't feel, no, 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 it's going to go deeper than that, okay? And the reason it's going to go deeper so that you and I can gain some application and so we can we can use this in our lives. So what Paul does, guys, is he what? Well, he finishes the first Corinthians letter, and, and, and he says this. He says, man, I plan to visit you soon. I love Paul's heart. But first, he says, I'm going to go to Ephesus and I'm going to stay there for a while. And this is how he finishes the letter. Check it out. In chapter 16 of, of 1 Corinthians, he says, the salutation with my own hand, Paul, if anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. O Lord, come. Then he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with you. All in Christ Jesus, amen. And so here's what Paul is saying. He was hoping that the five problems that we talked about in 1 Corinthians were rectified. Okay, we don't have time to go into them. You guys know that. But there was five major problems, a lot of little minor problems. And what Paul says, he says, man, amen. You guys got it? Okay, let's make sure this church leadership, make sure communions do. Okay, you got it? You understand that? And he says, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he heard about some things going on. And so he made a hurried, what he calls a painful visit. And you go, why? Why would Paul have to hurry? Well, guys, number one, he found out that the problems he addressed had not been resolved. And there were some pretty, there were some pretty interesting problems. I mean, you guys know what we're talking about, right? There was divisions in the church, first and foremost. There was divisions over who was a better pastor. Now, you guys remember, in your mind, Paul was probably a short, Right? A short man with a crooked nose. He didn't look like, he didn't look like the greatest traveling evangelist or church planter there was. And, and, and he had, he, he worked for a living and he had a job and he just preached the gospel. And then now you had some other people who came in that were probably a little more eloquent, a little bit more, hey, how you doing? Maybe a better speaker, if you will. Maybe he had a little bit more humor to it. And so now all of a sudden they're starting to divide. And not that there was anything wrong because they said, hey, I'm of Apollos or I'm of, I like the way Peter preaches. I really like it. Peter just kind of gets in your face. Listen, all of us have different styles of teaching. All of us have different. And, 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 and the point is, is that let's not divide the body of Christ over a pastor. And then he goes, man, you guys aren't getting it. And so he makes a painful visit. And then he found out something very heartbreaking. 
he found out, guys, that they were rejecting his authority and actually rebelling against him. And Paul says, oh, guys, and, 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 and he gives us a clue about this painful visit, and, and he gives it in chapter 2, verse 1, where he writes, but I determined, listen, but I determined, everybody say determined, within myself that I would not come to you again in sorrow. Okay, so, so can you see the wheels turning? It, there's a change in plan, okay? Because here's what it means. He says, so I decided that I would bring grief with another painful visit. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, okay? So Paul's plans didn't change because he thought, you know, the fair's here. I don't think I'm going to go to Corinth. I think I'm going to go to the fair with my family. He said, listen, there's something in my heart, and God's speaking, and I don't want to come, and, and I don't want another painful visit. I had determined. That's why he had you say the word. I had determined within myself, no, 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 no. So plans had changed, but the problem is, is his critics began to question, now listen to me, Paul's integrity as well as his authority. Here's what I want you to think about. When we think of the Apostle Paul, to question his integrity, I mean, I mean, think about it. I don't think Paul would have even, I mean, Paul was understood that in the ministry that there was going to be people who talked about him. There was going to be people who hated him. There was going to be opposition. We know that, right? He says, Paul, listen, I'm going to send you, and these are the things you're going to suffer. We can, we talked all about that in Acts chapter 9. I think he would have raised to the occasion. Now, you go, well, so why was Paul heartbroken? Why was Paul heartbroken? Guys, because what really broke his heart is if the church began to question his integrity, then they began to question his authority, and they began to question, is Paul really a man of his word? And the problem is, is that his message was married to his integrity. And if they began to question his integrity, they would begin to question the message. Okay? And so Paul says, no, 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 no. Listen, I came with the gospel message. I came to tell you the truth of God. And now, now we've got a problem. So what does he have to do? He has to confront the critics with truth. Okay? So if you're taking notes, guys, um, these verses are broken up in three ways, okay, as he confronts that. You go, what are they? First of all, we see Paul express his heart, okay? He's going to express his heart. He's going to say, man, I didn't take it lightly. Me not coming to you wasn't just, uh, oh, you know. He says, man, I really, I, I, I wanted to make godly decisions. I just didn't want to make worldly decisions. That's the first one. The second is found in verses 13 through 16 where he explains his delay. Now, Paul really didn't have to explain anything to anybody, but his heart was, I love these people and I want them to know why I didn't come to see him like I told him. And then at the very end, he exhorts the message, the promise of God in him are yes and amen. So it's broken down into three, express his heart, explain his delay, and exhort the message. Okay, three E's that you can really just, oh, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. Now, remember what we talked about last week, church. In verses 1 through 11, we learned that people are going through a really tough time. We get that. And it wasn't but this week that, that we've even gone through a time. If it wasn't enough that COVID, now we've got riots and we've got, we've got all the United States beginning to implode and we're hurting, and we're broken, 
In 9-11, guys, you remember when 9-11 happened, the churches were full. By the time all of this happened, the churches were full. We were praising God. And I know that only lasted for a short season, but the churches were full. Well, now here's what they're saying. You can't go to church. They've taken the church out of the equation. By the way, just as a side note, we got to pray for our brothers in California. Because the governor said no church, then open it up only to 25%. But right now, Pentecost Sunday, over 3,000 churches had vowed to open. And I don't know. I mean, 25% is not a lot for some of these churches. And so we're praying that the Holy Spirit would move and flow in a mighty way. But we understand that people are hurting, guys. And it's not just COVID-19. It's cancer. It's loneliness. Guys, it's worry. And that's what we learned that last week. And we said, well, what should we do in these times? And we learned that Paul said, listen, you're suffering the things that you've gone through. Well, for somebody else, you're going to be able to minister in ways that, that somebody can't. And we said, what should we do? At that point, guys, we want to, here's what we talked about. We want to drink deep in God's holy word. He's the God of comfort. And we need to believe today that he's faithful to deliver us. That's what we need to believe. You guys know that the Spaceship X is, was launched yesterday. Anybody see that? Anybody? I mean, my daughter texted me. I was like, I didn't even know that was happening. I mean, that's how, you know what I mean? And then I saw a meme that said, those guys got out of earth just in time, right? They just, and I said, that's what I need to be. We need. But in a spiritual sense, I'm ready. I'm ready to go, listen, Lord, okay, you're going to deliver us. I'm not sure how, but I know you're going to deliver us. The hope that we have is our God is still on the throne. He's in control. Yeah, pastor, but you don't understand my loneliness. I know. I don't understand. See, because we're all differently. But I know he's going to see you through. I know he's going to see you through. I know he's going to help you. Trust me. Trust me. I know that. I know he's going to deliver. He will deliver me, man. He's going to deliver me. And it may not be how I think, right? How many of us think, oh, this is how God, this is how you should work. This is how it's going to work good for me. This is how I see it. And God's like, no, I'm not interested in that. Let me show you how I'm going to work. And you still get deliverance, but it's his way. You say, God, I would have never thought you did that. That's what we learned. Our world is hurting. And here's what God's doing. You ready? He's employing y'all for comfort and hope and peace. Man, thank you for watching. We appreciate you so much. We, we, we appreciate the podcast, but here's what God's going to do. Ready? One, two, three, huddle, break. He's going to send you all out. So that you can be that you can be his his heart to a broken world. I feel like I need to say this again. I feel like I need to say this again. I feel like I need to say this again. Guys, listen. No matter what side of the fence you fall on, oh well, I think it's a bunch of crazy stuff and we need to get back to work and all that, or you over here and you're going, Man, I am so scared, I don't know what to do. Listen. If your baby girl is scared of the boogeyman. What she needs is her daddy to just come and hold her. That's what she needs. Ben, there's no boogeyman. There's nobody under the bed. There's no one in the closet. There's no raz. 
That's not what your little baby sees. Your baby says, I just need daddy. I just need mommy to hold me. And here's the thing, guys. Right now, whatever side of fence we're on, we need to just get, here's, here's, here's God. He just wants to hold you. The enemy is coming for us. He's going to deliver us, but think about this. You're in the, we're in the midst of a pandemic. We're trying to crawl our way out. People are scared, and now we have another crisis to deal with. But, but we also learned last week, guys, we also learned if you're here today and you're doing well, you're going, Ben, I am just like, man, me and Jesus, we are just tight. Then do you guys remember our poem? Do you guys remember being the seventh friend of our poem? Our poem was about a friend who had cancer and six friends visited him and he left. He, he felt a different way all the way through. He said, but my seventh friend came in and held my hand and said, I care. I'm here. I want to help you through this. He left and I felt loved. And our heart was really simple, guys. Our heart was that to have the heart of Jesus to bring comfort and peace and encouragement and love. Okay, I've got a mission for you. I've got a mission to bring the heart of Jesus to a broken and dark world. I don't even know what that looks like in your world, but maybe the next time you're getting a Coke at the 7-Eleven, you're able to impart some, some encouragement to somebody. Thank you so much. Maybe the next time that we go get groceries, we, we, tell, we tell the workers, thank you so much for, for coming and, and, and stocking the shelves and having these things. Just encouragement and some comfort. Are you doing okay? Here's our problem. Our problem is we go, well, I don't know. Uh, sister, how you doing? I don't know. Oh, she said, I don't know. Because we're used to them going, yeah, I'm doing great. How you doing? I, I don't know. Then I'm, I just, listen, whatever you need. And you know what? Sometimes people just need a listening ear, don't you think? I think we need to listen with our heart and not so much our ears at times. Because I listen to respond. Let me tell you how this happened to me, and let me tell you what this happened. So sometimes we just need to go, I understand. But I know what God's word says, sis. He's going to deliver you. You'll see. He'll see you through. How? I don't know. But I know he will. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. And that I trust. And that I trust. That's what we learned. That's what we learned last week. Well, he continues his letter to the church at Corinth. He continues this, and here's what he says. Ready? Look at it. Verse 12. Here's where we are. Paul says, for our boasting is this. Okay, so now he's writing to the church. He says, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. Okay? So what does Paul do? He's going to explain his heart. This is his heart. He's going to explain. The first thing he says, he says, listen, here's, if I'm going to boast, here's how I'm going to boast. He says that our testimony and our conscience, here's, here's what it was. He says that we lived among you in God-given holiness and sincerity. God-given holiness. That's, he says, this is, this is guys, you, you can check it out. See, if you have a pencil handy, circle the word for sincerity because here's what it means. It means without wax. It means without wax. Okay, it's not fake. 
See, the sculptors back in the day, they would sculpt rock, right? And they would make it, and they were almost done. And what they would do is they would knock off the nose, and they're like, oh! Now, you couldn't just put a rock on, you know what I mean? So here's what they would do. They'd either have to start over, or they would take some wax, and they would put it on here, and then they would cover it up, and it and it looked like, right? It wasn't sincere. It was, well, what happens when that when that statue gets out in the hot sun? Well, the nose begins to, and they go, oh, wait a minute, look at that. What a hypocrite. He said it was 100% and it wasn't. So Paul says, in my life, he says, here's how we, he says, listen, guys, we lived among you godly and without wax. Without wax. He says, in our dealings with you guys, they were simple, they were honest, and they were sincere. And I got to be honest with you. Paul says, we were not trying to be something. We weren't trying to be something we were not. Later on in this in this book, he's going to call these other guys super apostles, like these guys coming in. And we, we looked at that, but he goes, listen, this is my boasting. My boasting was simply that we made godly decisions. We made godly decisions in everything we did. He says, not worldly decisions, not worldly. How do you know? Look at it again, guys. Let's, let's dissect it just a little bit. He says, this is the testimony. This is the testimony of our conscience that we behaved ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity. Notice what he says. Not with fleshly wisdom. Everybody see that? Not with fleshly wisdom. He says, but with the grace of God. You go, what do you mean? Okay, so what Paul is telling us is there's two ways to think. There's two ways to think about everything. We have the worldly way and we have the godly way. Okay? These are two ways. And Paul addresses them right here. How so? Well, worldly thinking, okay, is really simply, he says, it says it right here. He says, not with fleshly, not with carnal wisdom. He wasn't thinking worldly. Now, let's step back for just a moment, okay? Because he's going to say, I did it by the grace of God. I, I, I inquired of the Lord first. I wanted to make a godly decision, a godly decision. This is what he's thinking, because there's always two ways of thinking about something. And Paul says, okay, okay. Now, we have to remember the heart, right? The heart of the message of the gospel. Why? Paul sought to maintain integrity in the ministry to prevent the gospel from losing its credibility. This is why it's so important, church, that you and I as believers guard our testimony. We have to guard our testimony. Because if we say one thing and we go, okay, I want to tell you, I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you. And then we live a completely different way. Then what happens is now my message is married to my conduct and people go, Oh, yeah, you really believe that. And, and, and here's the point. The point is, is that the message is more important. So if we're going to preach the message, Paul says, we're going to preach the message, then I have to back it up with the way I live. That doesn't mean Paul was perfect. And it doesn't mean that he didn't offend anybody, and it didn't mean that he did not sin. We know that, amen? So God's not asking us to be perfect in our conduct. But what he's saying is, guard your testimony. Guard your testimony. So now I've got to take a thing, and I've got to take a step back and think, okay, so I have to think godly. I have to think, I have to, I have to filter all of this through this because, because here's the thing. I, I want to, I want to maintain my integrity in ministry 
to prevent the gospel from losing credibility. You see, it's the one thing to, it's one thing to attack Paul, but it's a whole other thing to attack the message. Right? Because this was the message that people got saved in. They heard the message of Jesus Christ. This is the message. This was the gospel. And so when it comes, and now here's what blows my mind. It was all based on plans that changed. That's all it was. Paul says, man, I hope to come to you. That changed. It was like, man, your message is a mess. They started to, they started to, to question his authority. Are you even really an apostle? Had you even really heard from God? I mean, how would, you, how would you handle that? How would you react? You simply had a change in plans and people start questioning your, your Christianity. Well, I don't think he's even saved. I don't think they're even saved. Well, he said he was going to be here by 2 and by 2.05 he got here. I don't even think he's a Christian. This is what's going on with Paul. Notice what Paul says, guys. Here's how he responds. I want you to jump down to verse 17 real quick, just for a second, because here's, here's his response. He says, therefore, when I was planning this, okay, I've already told you, he said, did I do it lightly? Good question. He says, or the things I planned, do I planned according to the flesh? Was I thinking worldly? He said that with me, there should be yes and yes and no, no. In other words, what Paul is saying, he says, man, when, when I thought about this, was I saying yes, but I really meant no? Does my no mean yes and my yes mean no? He says, no, I didn't think about it. I didn't, I didn't think it from the world. In other words, what he's saying, guys, he says, you may be asking, why did my plans change? Do you think my plans I made carelessly? Do you think I'm like the people of the world who say yes, but they really mean no? See, Paul admonished them lovingly that his change of plans were not simply worldly thinking. Now, here's where, here's where we, we jump in, guys. He says, but they were godly, help me, decisions based upon the Lord. These were godly decisions. It's so important that we, that we pray about things. It's so important that we try to hear the Lord. Our decisions are based upon hearing the voice and, and, and moving in that. And this is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, listen, listen, guys, my change of plans wasn't, I just, I just wasn't, like, I didn't want to see you. I wasn't just, he goes, man, I really, I really prayed. I really prayed. And then Paul gives us some good advice. He says, you know, the world says yes when they mean no. He says, but that's not how I think. That's not how I think. If you happen to be taking notes or maybe you have an ESV, the word is vacillating, okay? It says, did I, did I vacillate? Did I go from one point to another? Was I just like, hmm, I don't know, you know, yeah, and, you know, um, hmm. It just means to waver between decisions, okay? And he goes, no, 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 I really, I really, I really prayed about it. And, and uh, it may be, be paraphrased like this. Paul says, man, did, did I change? Uh, did my my change of plans indicate that I wouldn't I couldn't make up my mind? Am I like a man who says yes and no at the same time? 
You guys know, right? Because they're, they're questioning his reliability. They're questioning his authority. Paul said you were coming, but you, but, but you didn't come. And, 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 and I thought, well, we can grab some great truths. You guys ready? Here's some great application, okay? If the Apostle Paul doesn't take decision-making lightly, I don't think we should either. We, guys, we are, we are programmed in, in the buying process on how we feel about something, right? As salesmen, we're trained, man, watch, watch the cues because here's the thing. When they're emotionally in, you can sell them, right? And Paul says, no, 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 here's, here, here's what we need to do. We, need, we don't take it the godly making decision, right, lightly. It's a process he uses for, first and foremost, godly thinking to make godly choices. How does he do that? Through prayer. That's the first thing. Now, i got to be honest, okay? True confession, I get impatient with God. I'm like, God, here's my prayer. Answer right now. Adam, he didn't answer. I don't know what to do. Maybe yes, maybe. I don't know. God's not answering. He's not answering me. You know, we get just me, just me. We get really, I mean, I mean, and, 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 but he says, I want to do it through prayer. And when you do through prayer, then sometimes he opens the door wide. Or sometimes he closes the door real shut. Now, you have a choice at that point, right? What happens when the door's closed? You can go, oh, door's closed. That wasn't God. Or what do we have a tendency to do? <laughs> no, I don't think we not. We kick the door open and say, this is God's will. The point is, is we need to make godly decisions. Godly decisions. Through prayer. Through the values as a believer. Pentecost Sunday today, through the Holy Spirit that lives within you. Ready? According to his word. According to his word. This is how we make godly decisions. God, I'm going to pray through this. I'm going to see. And you go, well, Ben, sometimes I, I, I've prayed through it. Sometimes I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed. And, and, and you know, I just, I'm not getting anything. What do I do? I'm not getting yes. I'm not getting no. I'm not getting away. What do I do? I mean, it's, here's what we do. Guys, we take the next step and wait. And we take the next step and we wait. And we just watch the Lord open the door. Okay? Just take the next step. Okay, wow, you opened the door. That's amazing. Right? That's what we do. It's all based on his word. When we trust the Lord, help me, Santos, when we trust the Lord to open or close the door, we have peace. See, and that's what he, that's what, that's what Santos told me yesterday. He said, I just, I stepped in and we just waited. I just waited. I stepped in and, and, and that's how you have the assurance. Now, that's what he's saying. This is the godly decision that Paul made. And he says, man, listen, when I changed my plans, he says, y'all got weird. Y'all got weird about it. He says, do you think I changed my plans on a whim? And you know that the people in Corinth were starting to, what, nitpick a little bit on Paul. Oh, well, well we don't. And, and if you, listen, if you look hard enough, you're going to find kinks in any armor. If you look hard enough, you're going to find flaws in any church. Not that there's a perfect church. You guys understand. But if we look really hard, you will find something wrong with everything. Guaranteed. 
Guaranteed. That's what they're doing to Paul. And that's why he defends his decisions by saying, man, I didn't do this in the flesh, guys. I didn't do this with earthly wisdom. He says, I didn't do it the way the world did it. I didn't do it the way. I took it to God. I made this decision. So here's the thing, guys. What does that look like for you and I to have godly thinking and make godly decisions? How does that look like for us? What is a good takeaway that we can put in our pocket and chew on the rest of the week? Well, I think that one of the best passages is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Okay? As Paul is writing to Romans, the Romans, you guys have already turned there. You can look at it. Paul says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Here's what Paul teaches us. He teaches us how to make godly decisions. You go, how so? Well, the first thing we need to understand is he tells the Christian, now let me let me just say this, if you're not a Christian, okay, if you're not a Christian, then you only have one way of thinking. You're not tuned into the Holy Spirit yet, and I say yet because God's going to call you into his kingdom, but, but this is to us believers, okay, this is to us. He says, what's the first thing? Do not be conformed to the world. Do not be conformed to the world. That's worldly thinking. Our problem is culture. We're brought up in the world. We're brought up to think this way. We have been skewed, if you will, in our thinking. Some of us have stinking thinking based on culture. That doesn't mean you don't love Jesus, and that doesn't mean you're not saved. It just means we have to take every thought captive because we've been conformed in a sense, and sometimes we make decisions The way the world does. We get impatient with God. And we say, man, you're taking too long, Lord. I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do. Case in point, right? We have an opportunity. We have an opportunity for a building. Okay? To move out of here. <laughs> His life stresses me out. But to move out of here and, get, and, and, and start anew. And I'm just going, Lord, please. I need to hear, I need to hear from you. Because the world would tell me, let's let's do that's awesome. Let's go. This is what you wanted. This is what you wanted. Paul says, guys, this is what helps us. Don't don't be conformed to the world, the world's way of thinking. Be careful with culture. Let me, let, me, let me see if I can explain this. I, I probably can explain this in a good way. The way I was brought up with, with a lot of the death in my family, with a lot of like, okay, so, so grew up without a mom. Okay, she died when I was 18 months. When I'm about to turn 13, my sister dies. Okay, so, so my sister was the only mom that I really kind of knew. She was the, the, the female figure. And so now she dies, and I'm 13 years trying to navigate through my teen years. And then you have a niece that dies, and you have, and so what happened is the way I began to think was abandonment issues. The people I love begin to abandon me. They they leave, maybe not by choice, but they still leave. So what does that do? That affects my thinking in relationships. Oh, you're going to leave too. 
you're going to leave too. So now you go, there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's, it's worldly thinking, but think about how that affects my relationship with my wife. Well, Nathalie, I love you, but you're probably going to leave me too. Now, think about this. So 20-some years go by, and then, and then she's diagnosed with cancer. What do you think I thought? She's going to leave too. Okay? So what was my thinking? My thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm a born-again Christian. But now my thinking is, oh, everybody I love leaves me. All right, everybody, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Don't let anybody in. Is it making sense? But Paul says, no, 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 no. Listen, that's just life. And, and, and your thinking has to be godly. Make a decision based on godly thinking, not worldly thinking. How do I know that? Because he says, be transformed. How, church? By the renewing of your mind. Guys, those are, that's, that's godly thinking leading to godly decisions. That's godly thinking. How do we renew our mind? In the word of God daily. In the word of God. It's a funny story, but a while back I was feeling really depressed. Kind of depressed, you know, just, just down. Just kind of feeling down. We get in the car, and whatever was on the radio was sort of a, they were sort of, I guess, old love song, depressing kind of thing, you know? And my wife looked at me, she goes, well, no wonder you're depressed. You're listening to this. And we went, ha, 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 ha. And I thought, really, was, what was I renewing my mind with? Help me. Can I get a witness? When you listen to Christian music, it does something, doesn't it? I'm not, and I'm not saying that, well, music is saved and this is not saved. But I'm just saying, man, when I get in there and I'm listening to, you know, Waymaker and, and all of these songs, it just does something a little bit different to me. It's just different. I thought, wow, you know what? This is how I need to renew my mind. I need to be in God's Word. I need to be around His people. Listen, I love you guys, and I am so glad you're watching. And I know some of you are watching all over the world and in the States. And But church is when I get to see you. And church is when I get to air hug you. Wink, wink, right? Air hug you. No, we need each other, guys. We need each other. So I don't want to be conformed. God, help me not to conform. I know culture has raised me this way. And, and I know this is how I'm thinking, and I know, I, I know but, but I've got to be transformed. Help me to transform my mind. I think it's great application for us. So Paul says, listen, I just didn't take it lightly. I, I, I did a godly decision. But let me explain my delay. Look at verse 13. He says, for we're not writing, right? We are not writing any other things to you than what you read or understand, now I trust you will understand even to the end, also as also you have understood us in part. We are your boast as you also and ours in the days of the Lord Jesus. 
And in his confidence, he goes, I intended to come to you before that you might have a second benefit to pass through Macedonia and again come to you and helped you and it, so you can help be helped by you on my way to Judea. So I want you to see what Paul's saying. He begins to explain. He doesn't have to explain anything to Corinth, but he feels the need to. He says, guys, please don't try to read between the lines. There's no hidden messages. He says in the letter, he says, man, I'm writing you in plain truth. He says, I planned on coming to see you. And here's my heart. I want you to be as proud of us as we are of you. That's, that's, that's what he's saying. Let me explain. Paul's critics in Corinth accused Paul of being insincere and deceitful. And Paul affirms that he made his intentions and expectations clear in this letter. This gave the Corinthian believers an excuse for disobedience, no excuse for disobedience or misunderstanding. He said, what I wrote to you, I wrote to you clear. I think it's important as us as believers, myself included, is to let our yes be yes and our no be no. If we can make it, let's say yes. If we can't, let's say no. We've had people in our lives that say, yeah, 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 I'll be there, I'll be there. And you think their yes is yes, and then they don't show up. And, and I want ours to say, yeah, you know what? Listen, sister, I would love to come, but, but I can't, you know, please accept my apologies. Brother Paul, you, you know, just let our yes be yes and our no be no. And try to do it with sincerity. Not trying to hurt anybody. Not trying to just, just this, is, this is the honest truth. He says, man, I, I did that. Listen, listen, I did that. Here's my intentions. But what's more important is that he exhorts the message of Jesus in the final verses. Look at verse 18. He says, but God is faithful. Our word to you was not yes and no. Okay? He said, God is faithful. Listen, let's go. Let's not worry about me. Let's go back to the message because this is how y'all got saved. He says, here it is. God is faithful. And he goes, amen. He says, our word to you was not yes, yes, no, no. Here's the message. You ready? Verse 19. He says, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Salvanius, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. Okay, here's the message. What I told you about Jesus, guys. Okay, so if you question my integrity and now you question the message, then you're going to say, was I really saved? Is God's promises really true? He says, no, no, no. The message stayed the same. God's message was always yes. As a matter of fact, he says, now, now, here, jot this down. He says, for the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. That's a good place for an amen, Joe. Preach it. There we go. Why? All the promises, all the promises of God in him are yes. Yes and amen. Adam, are you saved? Yes and amen. Why? This is the promises of God. This is what he's saying, guys. He's saying this is the gospel. You guys, when you got saved, when you gave your life to the Lord, his promises to you are yes and amen. Yes and amen. He's going to see you through his sister. Yes and amen. He doesn't waver. He's not saying to you, Lisa, I'm going to say yes, but I really mean no. He says they're yes and amen. God, are you going to see me through this? Yes and amen. Are we going to get through COVID? Yes and amen. 
Are we going to bring peace to those who have cancer? Yes and amen. Why? Because this is, this is God's word. This is who we are. This is what he's saying. He said, listen, whether it's me or Soph or whoever preaches, he says, it's not about us. It's about the word. And he says, and I wasn't telling you yes and me. No, it was yes, yes, yes. He says in verse 21, now he who establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us in God, who has also sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Okay? Sarah, how do you know you're saved? Because God's promises are yes and amen. Well, how do I know? Because the Holy Spirit is inside you, and that's a guarantee. You go, wow. So what does that mean? That means you can sleep tonight like a baby. Well, maybe more like babies wake up a lot. You guys know what I'm talking about. But we can go to sleep tonight with just peace and comfort and and just going, you know what, why? Because our salvation is not dependent on us. We put our faith and trust in Jesus, and that's all that mattered. That's all that mattered. Our salvation. (sighs) You mean I can rest? You can rest. Paul, what if life's a mess? You can still rest. What if COVID comes to your house? You can still rest. That's what he's saying. He's saying we have, guys, we have given, he has given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Moreover, I call God as a witness against my soul that to spare you, I came no more to Corinth. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy and for your faith we stand. I love what Paul says. You know what he's saying, guys? He says, listen, he says, I'm calling God as my witness. He said, I prayed to him. I sought him. He's the one who changed my plan because I didn't want to come and hurt you guys. I didn't want another painful visit like that. It makes you kind of wonder what that visit was like, right? And what the letter was, the second letter, kind of makes you kind of go, hmm, it's it's lost. But now he said, listen, I was going to come to you, but I thought, no, no. And I'm just going to write you this. God is my witness. And then I love what he says. This is the Apostle Paul, okay? This is the Apostle Paul. Here's what he says. Listen to me. Not that we have dominion over your faith. He says, but we are fellow workers for your joy. I just love Paul's heart because he's coming and he's saying, hey. He says, listen, I know I planted the church and I know, I mean, this is how God is using me, but I'm not. Because I don't have dominion over your faith. Well, you better believe this and you better believe that. He says, we're all fellow workers. And I'm working for your joy because it's by your faith you stand. Why? Because it would be easy for us to go, I'm of Paul. I'm, I'm going to hang out with Paul. This is how I'm saved because I followed Paul. Paul's like, no, no, no. It's in your faith that you stand. So as we close our Bible study this morning, guys, here's our takeaway. Our takeaway is really simple, okay? 
make sure in our walks and our dailies and our conduct and who we are that we're that we're employing the Holy Spirit and we're and we're again not we're not conformed to the, the way of the world but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. We can make godly decisions. Godly decisions. Think about all the decisions that we make. Who we're going to marry? What school we're going to go to? Should we buy a house? All the decisions that we make, we go, listen, they're filtered through what God says, and we don't take decisions lightly. And, and, and I would even say, guys, the decisions that we have, what store to go to? You know, brother, you know, I'm going to go to Walmart. The Lord's like, do, 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 do. No, I, I don't want you to go to Walmart. I want you to go to... I want you to go to the Market Street. Lord, I don't want to go to Market Street. That's just, that's just more expensive. I'm just not going to go. No, I want, you to go to, I want you to go to Market Street. We need to be obedient in godly decisions because maybe God has somebody there that we need to minister to. I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life, I'm, I'm just so oblivious to all the stuff around me. It's like I'm going to the store, I go in, I get what I need, and I leave. And I'm like, Lord, I probably missed opportunities. I just, ugh. And then when something like COVID and people are scared, and, and I saw one guy at, 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 uh, at the Walmart, and he had, he had food, and he just looked just frightened. Are you okay, man? Are you all right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what we need. Take a step back. Take a step back and go, okay, Lord, I got to be careful because culturally this is how we've been thought, how we've been taught to think, but I want to think in a godly way. I want to take that thought captive and, okay, God, help me to think godly. This is what Paul says. My plans changed because I took it seriously. I, the, I asked the Lord, and he said, don't go. Don't go. Well, Paul's got more to say, but we're out of time. So let's pray, and um, we'll continue next week. Father, we thank you for your word today and the truth in your word. Father, whether we're being comforted on all of the first part of chapter 1 or or Paul is explaining to us, God, how to, how to develop godly thinking. We thank you for your word, God, and the truth in your word. I thank you, God, that all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. May you be glorified in our lives. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing. I pray for every single person watching online. May your hearts be filled with the glory and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I would often ask, and I never want to leave a meeting without an opportunity for you to surrender your life to Jesus. If you're watching online, listening by podcast, whatever it might be, maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, then my heart is to invite you into the family.
And so with every eye closed and every head bowed, maybe you're there at home and you, you were just simply, you were simply scrolling on Facebook and you came across us and you just, you just got kind of interested in it and now God is speaking to you. And so maybe today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you're ready to surrender your life to the Lord. And here's the question you're asking right now. Does God love me? Let me tell you, God loves you very much. And he died for you. And he's offering you eternal life. And he wants to reconcile you back to him. But what do I have to do? All I have to do is open your heart and invite him inside. Put your faith and trust in him. Repent of your sins and say, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus once and for all. I give my life to him. If that's you and God is speaking to your heart, would you just pray this prayer after me? Mean it with all of your heart. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I confess you as my Lord and my God. I believe in you. I turn from the world and I turn from my sins and I'm going to follow you. I'm asking you, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my God, be my Savior, and be my friend. I choose to follow you, Jesus, for forever. I will. In Jesus' name. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.